Hey listeners, thanks for tuning in to the Amplify Your Process Safety Podcast. Today's episode, we talk about key factors that go into determining the management systems that are best suited to your organization's PSM program, such as paper-based versus electronic, and why you should document your management system determinations in the form of a PSM manual. As always, Rob and I thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to Amplify Your Process Safety, the podcast that provides the experience and expertise you need when it comes to process safety and risk management. Our hands-on approach will give you the insight needed, whether you're new to industry or process safety, in a role where you interact with aspects of process safety, or an experienced process safety professional. Join your hosts, Wesley Carter and Rob Bartlett, in their mission to protect people, the companies they work for, and the communities where they operate by making process safety knowledge available to all. Good afternoon, Wesley. Good morning. You always have to do something, don't you? Yes. Yeah. So what's our topic today? A lot of stuff. Yeah. Where, what, what, where are we going to start? Where are we going to end? Yeah. So we, you and I were talking about, I don't know what we call this, but uh, people, you know, people, organizations build PSM, RMP manuals. They have PSM programs. They have management systems. And you hear these terms thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. So today we wanted to talk about you get yourself in a situation where you're working on maybe starting a new management system for your PSM, RMP program, or you're maybe you've owned a company or you've been a part of a company that acquires a new company. You're both PSM regulated. You have two different PSM programs. What's fit for purpose? You know, those type of scenarios that, that can happen. But you've made a determination that you need a management system for your process safety program. And the things that go into making a determination of what makes the most sense for your organization. So we call I use a word called fit for purpose sometimes. And I don't think I invented this, but. Uh, you, I don't think you did. We've used it a lot in the podcast, certainly uh, some of the earlier ones. Um, so the question really is, um, I, think, I think that we're going to try to get to in the first part of the show is um, what, how, how should you go about approaching You're in one of these the, scenarios. Manage, the management system, yeah. which is going to be used to um, comply with PSM or RMP? Yeah. And when we say that word fit for purpose, it's, yeah, I'm a small facility. What works for me might not work for a company that has 10 facilities spread right. out across multiple states. Absolutely. You know, and so I think that's what, what are the key factors that go into this determination for you that make, you know, when you're making a fit for purpose decision on how to manage your PSM program. Okay. And then, uh, and where we're going to end up. I think we're going to end up talking about how that's important because if you're going to build a PSM RMP manual, what are the benefits of that? Why do you build it? You know, and how do you document if you've made these decisions, you put a lot of effort into fit for purpose management systems. Mm -hmm. How do you make sure everyone's on the same page? How do they know to use them? How they're intended to be function, things like this. Okay. I think that sounds like a good uh, journey to go on. So when we start off with um, what I, what I like to call paper or plastic, or in this case, paper or electronic, because really paper that's, or that's, plastic. that's kind of uh, that's kind of the question here, right? So as you said, there's a number of uh, of uh, situations where somebody, the listener, uh, might be considering um, how do I go about dealing with this whole PSM thing. I know I've got to do some documentation. Um, I don't know how to, I don't know whether I should be using, using paper. I don't know what that's going to look like or, or do I need to have, have you ever had to make someone make this decision? uh, I have. And in the part of the problem is that, um, there's no guidance from, the regulatory people. They on say what you need you to manage do. change in your you facility. Just, you, is it like you for MLCs? Do it. You got to manage change. That's all they, they tell they, you. They don't say how to do it. Uh, and the other thing is, there are a lot of people out there that will try to sell you 
more than you need. Oh, I wrote this down. Uh, we, we keep some show notes, you know, as we're going through yeah. one of the things I wrote down is, uh, you gave me a Ferrari all needs a bike. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and I know certainly, you know, as consultants, we go into a lot of different facilities and I come across facilities that are trying, try, try, they don't even need, need bikes. They just need something probably with like training wheels <laughs> yeah. and they're trying to, they're trying to manage it, uh, manage their process with, as you say, something that, that, you know, that's basically a Ferrari and it's just too much and they can't manage it. So, um, so what are, so, so, so when you go into a client yourself, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you're, that you are thinking about when, when some factors helping, that help, go into these helping through purpose this decision? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I think one of the, th- one of the things that goes into this is how, what's the size of my organization? You know, I, I talked about earlier in this episode about, you know, I've got one facility. Mm-hmm. If I've got one facility, it's pretty straightforward. The technology is pretty established. We're not making a lot of modifications to the facility. It's the only thing we have pretty lean staff paper-based MOC program might work. What about, so, I mean, because what, what comes to mind for me for something like that is like an ammonia refrigeration system, mm-hmm. right? Fixed. They've got, they've got too much, they're, they're above the threshold for ammonia. So they're PSM and RMP, but yeah. they, they it's don't, they system. don't change it. It's a no. closed system. Um, they, you know, hopefully don't have uh, significant incidents, all that sort of stuff. Having some expensive online, you know, uh, Ferrari. They do five uh, MOCs a year, uh, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Or five, five MOCs per P- PHA life cycle. Or They're something. wasting their money. Right. They're wasting their money. And their really. time. And yeah. their time. Okay. So, so, uh, so, so, so you want to so look at size or, or, or when we say size, do you mean like geography? Like, like how many acres my plant is? Do you mean how many processes it could I be, have? It could be. Do so, you, you know, you got a, a substantially, I'll say a larger at a facility, you know, it covers multiple acres and has multiple units. I think, I think the issue is, is like, is number of processes, like kind of the, the number yeah. of covered processes. And then, you know, if let's just say, so I'll, 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 I'll take another factor to consider with smaller facilities. Mm-hmm. Let's say I've got a, a, the small facility we talked about where it might make sense to do paper-based, but I've got 10 of them in 10 states. Yeah. And I've only got one person at a corporate level to manage the change. Yeah. Even though it's a very low frequency, that person to manage those changes across 10 facilities, it might make to sense do, to, to do it. To do that by paper. I, I actually have a client who's like that, who um, each of the facilities are very small. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, two, maybe three operating sorts of people. And that's it. No maintenance, no yeah. anything. Uh, but they've got, they've got them all over the region. Yeah. So um, uh, you know, uh, how do you do a paper based process when you've got to get? You start. We're harping yeah. on the MOCs, right? Yeah. I mean, you it, or go to procedures, right? Mm-hmm. You you've got procedures, and um, you've got to get approval from people who are at that site, and then maybe at a corporate facility. So you're touching on maybe something at that's another the, facility. So you're touching on the key thing. Which is if what? I require people in my management of change process reviewers to review things and they're not all in the same location, it's very difficult to manage that on paper, right? <laughs> I need a signature. Inner office, inner office yeah. mail? Yeah, I need a signature <laughs> like, from here. Like, like 100 years ago? State. I'm gonna, hey, I sent you something snail mail. Can you sign it and mail it back to me? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's ways to be creative There's with ways this. you can do that. But it's, it's an important factor. Scanning and all. You know, this yeah. is what we yeah. have. Are we, are we a small operation? You know, we're centrally based. Yeah. You know, it might make sense to do paper-based. But then you start getting on the other side of this. Yeah. Where... You know, I've been, you know, I've been a process safety manager where I had 16 facilities yep. across five states. Sure. Oh, man. And we had a paper-based system. And how was that? How did, how did that go? Well, guess what I wanted? What what we did is we implemented an electronic management change process. Okay. Right? That way, now, even though everyone's split up, 
now everyone can go do an MOC in, you know, on their computer. People can simultaneously get in and do approvals, signatures, attachments are there. You get a historical record that's, you know, I can go into a database now. And if I got to do like a PHA revalidation in five years, I can pull the log. Yeah. I can actually look through and follow every MOC. So there's some other benefits to come to that. But if you're, you know, when I was in that role, the one I'm talking about where I had all the facilities, I was the process safety manager. I had a coordinator that worked for me at one of, at our, our largest facility that was managing a lot of stuff. But outside of that, I didn't have anything. Right. I was driving a lot of this and I understood that if I wanted to be successful, I was going to fail in a paper-based process. So I think, so, so we've talked about kind of complexity. We've talked about mm-hmm. geographical location. We've talked about number of processes. Another key factor is how many people do you have just to manage the day-to-day logistics of a paper-based system? Yeah. Right. And if, uh, if, if, if you're a small, go back to that, to that ammonia refrigeration site, you probably don't need a lot. I mean, you probably mm-hmm. need somebody who kind of knows about PSM and make sure that things are done that are supposed to get done. But, you know, it's, that person isn't trying to track 50,000 um, PHA recommendations or make sure that, you yeah. know, 20 P, uh, MOCs per month are getting all completed the way they're supposed to or something like that. Yeah. So the, the, the personnel resources that you have are important for when you make that, that sort of mm-hmm. decision as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's well said. I think that, you know, too often uh, people purchase things and then they realize they're like, wait, we don't have the staff to run this. You know, you see it, especially with like mechanical integrity, you know, when people put in a computer-based maintenance software, you help them implement it, you put it in and then all of a sudden, you know, they, they get to a point where they're like, Hey, we don't have anyone that can actually do the administrative side or drive this. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's an important piece of this. That's important. You want this software. You want to get better at this. However, it does require some administrative support. Well, well, let me, so let me ask something a a little bit, come at it from a little bit different standpoint, right? So when we, when we talk about paper or electronic based systems, right? Management systems. the, The sorts of things that we're talking about are like procedures and MOCs, compliance audits, and compliance audits. Sure, you got action items. PHAs, yeah, PHAs, incident investigation, action item tracking stuff, yeah. right? Um, uh, and and do if I go, I know the answer to this. I'll just ask it. Yeah. for for conversation. If I decide, hey, I want an electronic MOC system, doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to have an electronic mechanical integrity system mm-hmm. or an electronic procedures system. I mean, I mean, you can so you across can the board and, for you your process safety programs, right? Yeah. Across the board, you're trying to find what's fit for purpose for managing the requirements of my process safety program. Individual requirements. Individual requirements. Right. So, so this isn't a this isn't a you may a, a, you know like all, I, all or nothing. No, I got clients that sometimes will say we're going to do paper based MOCs, but we're going to use this third party to do our MI inspections and they come with their own database software to manage all that. Or we have an action item tracking software suite for PHA action items, you know, incident investigations, compliance audits, but, and, and we have an EMOC software, right? It's just, it, it's a mix, it's a mixed batch for how you comply exactly like you said. Okay. So, so what I'm hearing is that there's, there's a bunch of factors that we should be considering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, think that for the most part when you make a decision rarely is it like a like you can't go backwards if you were to try start off you know we're going to start off the paper based system mm-hmm. we can say we're going to start off and see how it goes yeah um and it's like oh too many MOCs uh we're going to we're going to we're going to have to switch over to electronic or i suppose you could go back the other way you could say you know what this you know $150,000 maintenance program um 
that requires twenty thousand in, in in annual maintenance fees, mm-hmm. um, it's too much. We're just going to go back to an Excel file, and and you know, we're, you still you, you got to make sure that you're covering all your bases and all the requirements, um, but you're not making the decision forever. Um, yeah. you can you can. You had the best intent on the front the end. Way. You signed this long term, and then you're yeah. like, you know what? This does not work for our program. Right. Yeah. And and I've got I've got I've got some clients that are kind of like almost like straddling the line. It's like they've got some sites that are definitely yes, we have to use this. We have too many PS and processes or whatever, and that we. Um, but then we they have other sites within the same company, other sites that it's really just too much. It's really so for for one site, and that's another issue. Yeah. Like you may have different needs across your company. You know, one site needs a Ferrari, and the others, and the other one really just needs a, needs a tricycle to make sure that you know their six PMs are done. You know, every month like they're supposed to be or something. Yeah, and you know, it, it, we want to talk about this because we, you know, I think with our experience, we've had to play in a lot of these decisions before. Right. And we know some people have a lot of experience in this, and some people don't know where to start. And so it's, I think it's good to talk about what's fit for purpose for managing all these elements. The you know your process safety program. Um, you know, and we, we do that. So you make the determination, you feel like you've, okay, we're going to all paper-based or we got a mixed batch of some electronics, some paper-based, but you decide what's fit for purpose for your facility. Right. Okay. We got our management system we made a decision and I'll just throw this out there. All right. We're going to implement an EMOC, you know, software for managing change. And we're going to implement an action item tracking suite that can, I could put a PHA in track all the action items to closure. I could put an incident investigation and track all the action items to closure. Same thing with compliance audit. Sure. Right. So let's just say that's the determination. So that's the determination. Okay. So now I've, so now, uh, this, uh, we're just going to just do our stuff, right? Kind of. Yes. Maybe. That's not what we recommend. What do we we recommend? We can do it better. Best practice is what's best practice. So you, you put all this effort in what, what was fit for purpose. How do you intend those management systems to function? What are the requirements? How are you going to train your personnel, your staff, your organization to adhere to not only, I'll say your maybe you got some stuff that's more action paper based type, but also how do they use their, your new digital platforms to manage? How does all, all that work? How do they communicate? So who's supposed to do what? When, you, are they, when are they supposed to do it? Yeah, who is supposed to initiate MOCs? Right. What's what's the website you go to? What is the workflow? Do you have a system admin? You know, what are the requirements? What are the different type of workflows you have in there? I mean, these are all details but they're important because if you're trying to it's new and you're trying to educate people and then there's all we were talking about you know we've talked about this plenty but you know you get an audit how do you you know auditors like how does your program work you know this sometimes that you don't want to write down a bunch of stuff that you don't do um i see that a lot too um i I didn't intend to talk about this but i just had a light bulb yeah that's a podcast on its own i think yeah yeah. but i've run into i've been to a lot of facilities where they've asked me to come in and do an assessment or an audit and they hand me a psm manual and I read through the manual and I'll, you know, it's happened tons of times, but I'll go to like, it's called page two and I'm looking through and it says the PSM committee meets, uh, every month. And I'll just take a pause and I look across the table and I go, Hey, who's on the PSM committee? And they're like, the what? And I'm like the PSM committee that meets once a month. They're like, we, we we've never even heard of we that. We don't know what you're talking about. Sure. I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, so you also don't want to write down a bunch of stuff that sounds good right. because if it's your PSM manual, that's your law. That's what you're held to that's accountable what, for. That's what you're going to be held accountable for. But I think that, you know, this goes, this goes back for, you know, God, I'm aging myself here, but you know, 20, 30 years. Um, when I first came into the workforce in the, in the early nineties, um, you know, we were certainly PSM was coming into play, but also ISO like ISO 9000 mm-hmm. and those sorts of things were coming into play. And so um, companies were spending a lot of resources 
writing procedures on how to make their product because you mm-hmm. had to do that to get ISO 9000. And one of the things that, that we learned was that, um, yeah, it was a pain. Um, and at some points it was painful, uh, but there's, there, there's value in and uh, uh, above and beyond just the, hey, we need to do this to get ISO 9000 certified. Yeah. There's, there's other value to it. And, and in, in, in many cases it was, oh, now I've got a head start now that I need to do operating procedures for PSM. Yeah. Um, I think what we're saying is that going to the next step for your PSM program or your RMP program is document in the same way that you would document your process for how to make your product, mm-hmm. document your process for how you comply with PSM, how you comply with RMP. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a couple other things that I like to sneak into a, a manual when I write one. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I like to sneak in is an introduction, you know, kind of why are we regulated by PSM if I can, you know, a certain, you know, most of the time a client, I'm not saying all clients are like this, but some have, let's just say they may have 20 facilities and are all the same technology. Let's just say you're dealing with one business unit, similar technology. Okay. And in intro, I like to, why do we have a PSM manual? What's the intent of it? What's our stance? Here's some more background information. Here's some threshold quantities that are applicable to us. Here are our cover processes and this is why they're covered. So I I like that. Um, I also like to sneak in something on document control. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've gotten more prescriptive lately. I think what I'm writing is based on, but when document control, when I say is, you know, you've got a a P&ID at your facility, Mm -hmm. just one drawing out of, you know, whatever the hundreds that are there, you have a P&ID and you do an MOC. And there's a modification of that drawing. How do you actually control that document and make sure that your latest version, wherever, is the latest and that any hard copies that you might have put in like a master, a master copy in the control room for the operators? How do you make sure that that red line makes it into the book and then that that red line makes it over to CAD and then that final CAD version gets, gets to the right to spot the, for everyone gets to access. back out to the, to the control room, sure. Absolutely. And it can be, so all you do in that but, decision is where are we keeping our documents? How do we check them out? Make sure we train everyone. Sure. But so the, so... The key here is that is is again so going back to the beginning of what we started talking about right is like okay we've got to do some sort of a process mm-hmm. how are we going to do it how complex or how how simple is it going to be a paper electronic all that and then once once you make those decisions we're saying document it in a you know kind of overarching PSM or R and or RMP manual and that kind of becomes your bible of yeah. how your process your how your compliance process is supposed to be running. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of benefits. That, to this. And there's lots of benefits to that. That makes audits a heck of a lot easier. That makes uh, training a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, that makes, you're, you got a coordinator, you're, he, you know, he, he, she's like, what's my main role responsibility. Right. I'm like, I'm like, well, first of all, you own this and here's your key roles, responsibilities for every element. Absolutely. Where do you fit in? Absolutely. Engineer asks, where do I fit in? Mm-hmm. All right. Roles, responsibilities. Yeah. Excellent. So, okay, good. Well, I think, um, we covered a lot of ground with any other issues that you, uh, that you want to make sure that you want, that we brought up. I think the last thing I wanted to say is that, um, you know, for us, we've done a lot of these, but we also understand these are living documents. Yes. A PSM, RMP manual, anything you put together. If you put, you spend all the time putting that together, you roll it out, everyone's trained, but then your process talks to you or your management systems or failure of your management systems talk to you and you learn something. Mm-hmm. And that's a good time to go back to the manual and say, where did where, where did we fail in our management process? What do we need to change? Yeah. Yeah. You know, continue, so, 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 so there's another advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a basis for continuous yeah. improvement. If you haven't document, it's, it's hard to improve things if you don't have your processes actually documented. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think that's another uh, another uh, podcast, another episode <laughs> in the can, as they say. So uh, until next time, this is Rob. And this is Wesley. Thank you for listening. 
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Amplify Your Process Safety. Head to our website, AmplifyConsultants.com, to find our show notes and other resources. Thank you for joining us in our mission to ultimately save lives by advancing process safety right here on Amplify Your Process Safety. Until next time.